Kenosha, Wisconsin to go to the Bristol Renaissance Fair. Nice. Yep. And we're standing in line to get into the into the place. And I'm like just constantly reminded of how awkward nerds are. Oh yeah. Because there's yeah. this guy. I mean, it's it's like 80 degree weather, a guy wearing a black trench coat, black shirt, black pants, black shoes, <sighs> black backpack. Walks up to this other dude who is clearly a friar. And I mean the guy next to him looks like Robin Hood. It's like Robin Hood and Friar Tuck. This guy walks up. So are you a friar? The guy's like, yeah. And the dude all in black says, yeah, I'm Jason Bourne. Oh, <laughs> God, what the fuck? And then, and then the next line, though, was hilarious because he's like, yeah, this other lady told me I got to walk down. And then he proceeds to walk. Oh, no. <laughs> How good was it? Oh, How good was it? Tell us. I, I, it, it was I, I couldn't look at the, at the guy walking because I'm like sitting there just laughing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> he did. So he didn't have a Jason Bourne walk. I don't. Maybe he did. What is Jason I, I, I Bourne walk? <laughs> Apparently, uh, however that dude was walking, I didn't really. I, I like I said, I didn't watch because I was looking at my feet, going, "Oh my goodness, dude!" Just Total if you walk. have to say who you are, you failed at your costume. Hundred percent. I've never yeah. seen him wear a black trench coat, black shirt, black pants, and black shoes. Yeah, Jesus. no, no. I, the, the next thing was like the far as like. Yeah, man, wearing that that trench coat—that's gonna be hot today. Yeah, that's why I'm gonna be drinking a lot of water. <laughs> oh my god, See, that's a good closer for the fucking show today. But like, what is fantasy? Never, never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna get this fucking canceled. And on that note, hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Role Playing as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and you've been listening to a conversation Finder didn't know was recording. Uh... <laughs> I'm okay with that. Oh, However, I, I do have to ask, can you do that introduction a little bit faster? Because I think that was like a little slow. Okay, hold on, hold on. Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Roleplaying as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and thanks for tuning in again. Today, the episode is going to be... <laughs> How's that? Good? Yeah, yeah. good? Better. Okay, <laughs> good, good. Are you auditioning for Micro Machines, though? Right. Uh, it, anyone who knows me uh, knows that I actually have to slow down me talking. Nice. I am... What's the best way to put it? Insanely fast at talking to the point where my wifey has to either tell me to slow down or she will tell them what I want because they, I, I've lost them. <laughs> the only way to be in life. Yeah. So you heard me talking right there. That's somehow sometimes how I explain things at work and people look at me like I'm fucking nuts. And no. then I'm like, oh, yeah. OK, shit. I forgot. <laughs> no, they're, they're not wrong, even though they're thinking that for the wrong reason. Come on, man. They're wrong. <laughs> could you could you imagine a whole five minutes of me explaining something in that at that speed yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyways folks on this episode uh we're going to be talking about balanced encounters i thought it was brand spanking new but apparently i am wrong <laughs> and it actually goes back way it, it started way back when um Scott, would you like to tell us a little bit of the history on balanced encounters and where even that mechanic came from? I prepared for the wrong podcast. No. Um, yeah. Um, so the balanced encounters, people talk about it and they act like the CR, uh, you know, uh, challenge rating. 
for the non D and Dites is a new thing. But uh, in the original Dungeons and Dragons, and people may or may not have realized this at the time, but that's the whole point of a dungeon level. The dungeon levels were designed to challenge the characters uh at a certain level and so when you went to the second level of dungeon your character was advancing and you're ready to move on to those new upper level hit dice creatures and that's exactly how those things were designed originally yeah and then when they got into uh the wilderness adventures book for first edition even the the expert set had some of that greyhawk had some of that and that's when you started seeing like the, the wilderness encounters they started to slip a little bit because no one really – it's hard to balance like, hey, we're in the wide open world, um, but the world is only going to be, you know, half a hit die while you're only first level. You know, it, it, you need to create a living world. But, yeah, yeah, it was the whole point of the dungeon levels was to, to level with the party. Yeah. I, well, it, every module every module had the recommended levels for it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this, yeah. this adventure module is for levels one to three, and this is for five through seven. Yeah. Well, we so. still do that, right? So. Yep. God, oh, I said yeah. that word. I fucking hate when people say that. I'm sorry. Say what word? Oh, I've got, there's people I work with. That are ever, they're fucking, every time they finish a sentence, like, right? Okay, and then we're going to go get coffee, right? And then we're going to do the uh, reading, right? I was like, shut the fuck I, up. I feel like that's American version of A. Uh, yeah, it has become that. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I just derailed myself because. I know, right? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I, it's. Uh, a little bit on topic. I, I'm actually surprised because I thought, um, as someone who hasn't really looked too much into the older RPGs, especially D and D and all that, um, I kind of thought it was a newer, like a newer invention of it because we have like the power level so that you can take. Okay, we have this many characters, we can put them up against this, and this should be an average balanced combat. I was like, huh, and. So I always thought it was new, and then you told me it wasn't. And I was like, it really sounds like a newer generation thing, but yeah, no, yeah, and it's always been broken. So yeah, <laughs> like I don't know if maybe it's just because I I mostly have played Savage Worlds and in the past while, but <clears throat> I've never really seen a point to about like you know to the using the balance encounter kind of combat. But, well. It, there's there's uh, to me there's a point and there's a bad side effect um in fact it was funny because on the drive home uh today audra asked me what we're talking about and so i i told her and i was like you know the the problem that i have with the balanced encounter piece so first i'll tell you the pro right the pro is your characters can survive every combat mm-hmm and that can help progress the story. If, you, if you're wanting to tell a story and you want your heroes to survive to the end, then balance encounters aren't necessarily a bad way because you're going to... The, the odds are in the character's favor at that point. Mm-hmm. The problem that I have is growing up, D&D taught me I don't have ever have to retreat. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so... I can't tell you how many TPKs I've been a part of because our group, were, even though we know we're not playing D&D, we're playing Savage Worlds. We're like, hey, I don't have to retreat. I'm just going to I'm going to keep fighting this thing until it dies and then it kills me. It's like, oh, <laughs> <crap."> <laughs> yeah. And part of Savage Worlds, of course, is that I can beat this thing because I can. Well, OK, 
I can't because my dice don't like me. <laughs> but but the, if, if I can draw enough fire, then at least the rest of the party can get away or, or uh, kill it. But, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, and I, I actually remember uh, it was our first game ever with Scott. Well, my first game. Um, and we reached that point with the burning fireball. Mm-hmm. And we ended up running away from it. And you actually said, it was just like, you're like the first group I've ever had that actually just ran away from their problems. I was like, yeah, <laughs> training all my life, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I was just like, it. I think for me, I'm not a huge fan of the challenge rating because I think in my personal opinion, if there's a combat there should be a purpose behind the combat and it shouldn't just be fighting it's the same reason yeah like some people just have random encounters on the road it's like yeah dragon came down it's like if if those random encounters were actually in the real world nobody would ever travel anywhere (laughs) right well they do happen though and i mean you watch youtube and you've got the picture of the or the video of the guy who's running out in the desert and suddenly comes across a mountain lion yeah yeah, I mean, it, it happens. It's infrequent. I mean, it, you think about it. I go camping and I don't set up watch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You just go to bed. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, I camp with two two pseudo wolves. So. <laughs> <It's> also- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not wrong though. Yeah. yeah. And now, and yeah, the challenge rating can be like I said. It's it's been broken. It's always been broken. It's very tough to balance it. Um, and then the running away thing is uh, it's baked into the system to have in a lot of systems. The enemies will run away. M- morale checks are mm-hmm. never made for the p- PCs because God forbid, you know, you have to you, you, you use that against the party because then you're removing player agency. So you have to use like fear or, you know, at least Savage Worlds gives you the... the you don't really make people run away except with the fear honestly um it's just it's the weirdest thing ever and i kind of get it where you don't want to be like hey your character has to run away but now but you the only excuse you have is well your character runs away because it's magic there's nothing <laughs> right you know and it's yeah. like and sometimes that's the best option and the gm knows that but the but like like rich said you're just gonna stand and stand and fucking deliver yep that's why yeah. even like with my um my game that i'm running my rippers game I told him, I was like, if you don't come at things smart, you will die. You're not superhumans. Yeah. You are fighting superhuman monsters. Yeah. I think you're, you're not wrong, as I think a lot of folks have been trained by video games and by some of the softer tabletop that there's going to be punches pulled or, you know, hell, Savage Worlds has a setting for it. Heroes never die, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. just to facilitate that. And it's a little weird, but, you know, then... I don't know. You all have to, if you don't know the system, I think there's a danger in there of not being able to kind of, kind of like what we were talking about is you want to get encounters together that will be exciting. And I agree with you. Combat should be meaningful. Um, sometimes they're going to be not space fillers. It sounds bad, but like, well, like the Eberron it's pulp. So there's going to be fights, but the fights were always like the right, moment right of 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 tension or adventure i would think yeah so i don't know well the fact remains also though that a lot of people like the combat i mean you look at the video games Mm -hmm. they're combat people like to fight things sure and they like to feel victorious yeah 
And in uh, in today's day and age, I mean, you hear all the people. Oh, I prefer sixty role play, thirty or forty percent combat. I I okay. I will I will accept that for now. But I tend to don't believe it. Yeah. Um, no, because you watch everyone's eyes light up when it's time for combat. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. People who play the dumb slutty bards and shit. They're like, oh, I get to use my you know cutting word or whatever the fuck it is. You know, on now, the enemy. That being said, I mean, there are ways to have exciting, and I, I still classify this as combat, but social interactions. Sure. And, and like some of the best games I've ever played were Star Wars West End games, like the first edition Star Wars game from, from WEG. Mm-hmm. We had a group of characters that we went, I want to say six sessions. I, I'm going to say six sessions. It was six full missions where we did not shoot anybody. We didn't punch anybody. Damn. We bluffed our way through. Um, but cool, the though. tension is there because you're facing guards who are looking to kill you yeah. if they see through your disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and so it, it, it was fun. And I, I consider that a form of combat, even though it was a lot of role-playing of us talking our way through. But, but I mean, you, you still want that tension. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And like, I don't think, I don't think like figure having that scale or anything is necessarily a completely bad, bad idea. I think for new GMs or people who may be trying to learn the game itself while, you know, running, because I think most GMs start off as people who just want to play tabletop, but nobody wants to step up. Right. Yeah. And for newer players having that kind of structure where it's like you can actually figure out how challenging is this combat going to be is beneficial i i just think after a while it becomes a little bit of an over-reliance especially if you're playing more thematic where you know for like i'm i'm gonna bring up my rippers game again mm-hmm. where if they just if the people went in originally when they're trying to figure out how to get rid of this ghost and just decided we're just trying to go balls to the wall and just try and kill this thing. There would be a, there was a very high chance that they would all just die immediately, but they figured out all the little clues that like were kind of given. They use their knowledge of ghosts. They use their roles. They use their knowledge skills. They use all those things to try and piece together all the pieces of it. So then when it actually did come to the combat, they were kind of almost overprepared and utterly destroyed the ghost, which could have easily killed them, but they didn't even get, let it give a chance. I think it was like two rounds and they just absolutely decimated it. Yeah. But, but that's not bad. It's kind of what you want, right? You want a party that doesn't, it's not always fun or smart to go headlong into a situation. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, and, and I mean, if you think about it, that is fun for the players. Oh yeah, and it, it's not without precedent. I mean, in Dracula, the book. Uh, spoiler warning for people who haven't read it; may want to. <laughs> it's been out for a while. I think you can. Spoil it, 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 it has been, <laughs> but I mean, Dracula dies really quickly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when they figure out what they have to do, Dracula is not the threat. Mm-mm, no, it's just figuring out how to deal with the threat, and that's just it. Like. A lot of it was tracking him down. I mean, they ended up chasing him um, out of London and yeah. they had to track him down. 
but I mean, the, the, the big stressor for the group at that point was they needed to do it before the sunset mm-hmm. because as soon as the sunset, he's full power. Yep. Yeah. You got to catch him while he's sleeping, right? Well, yes, but the, see, and that's what I, I, people need to read the book because the book is fabulous. Dracula could walk around during daylight. hundred percent. Yeah. When he was in London, just, he was all about London. He was all about walking around the daylight. Yeah. He just wasn't supernaturally strong. He didn't have all of his abilities during the daylight. Yeah. But they did catch him while he was sleeping. I mean, he was in his coffin. Yeah. Uh, but that sun was starting to dip. I mean, it was going below the horizon. Yeah. And they had to kill him. Um, and they did. In one shot. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Now, here's kind of an interesting kind of thought that I just had. Do you think fantasy more relies on balanced encounters than any other genre? Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to say no, because you have games like Starfinder, which are derivatives of D&D. I think it has to do with the system itself. It might have something, but like at the same time, I feel like you have, like with fantasy, you only have a certain amount of options when i say that i know it's like well you can do a lot but at the same time i think all the media that's kind of been portrayed on us from tv shows uh movies books like i'm sure some people got some good ideas from the new lord of the rings show on amazon i don't know but like you could see those troops trope troops uh tropes always in play and i'm kind of wondering if it's our own kind of culture around fantasy that may almost perpetuate the need to have balanced encounters so that you can always fight something on your level. Like if you know what I mean, like you always want the hero to survive. Also, that was not a plug for Amazon TV show. I just, uh, no, absolutely don't watch it. Yeah. I heard it's, it's fucking awful, but we'll put a pin in that after everyone freaks out and how wrong I am. (laughs) Okay. Uh, the I'm one of those nerds who actually can read Elvin, so uh, <laughs> yeah. If you have no fucking standards, it's a it's a masterpiece. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think maybe. Um, I, well, thinking about it, like I think a group playing Star Trek Adventures would be more likely to run than a group playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, but really is think. that is that fantasy related? I don't think it is. I think it's because in D anD D, you have tons of hit points, and you there's a calculation: can I survive this combat, knowing that I have I'm a tw- I'm a tenth level fighter or whatever, and I've got this number of hit points. Um, I, I don't know that it's the genre itself more than the system. Yeah, and, and even in fantasy, I mean, I've read fantasy books where there are not balanced encounters. I mean. Wizard's first rule: the guy goes up against um, <laughs> a dragon and Darkenrall, and yeah. those are far superior to his capabilities when he faces them. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You might be right. The Starfinder might be a good one. I don't, I don't, don't really. Do I haven't really played it. Looked, yeah. I've never really looked at Starfinder. But I'm assuming like, simply because it's the derivative of Pathfinder. Right? Yeah, you which got is ten million hit points, and you're not gonna a, a laser gun won't kill you. Yeah. Uh, with one shot, so. That's Which interesting. Should. But but the argument about fantasy having limited actions, uh, depending on the fantasy, maybe. Yeah. But D and D fantasy, absolutely not. That's why magic. 
it, it was all about the accumulation of magic because magic is the yep. equalizer in D&D. &D. And like Arthur C. Clarke said, any sufficiently advanced technology is magic. Yeah. And in D&D, &D, that's all. It, I mean, your magic replaces science. That's all it is. You got mm -hmm. fireballs, you got wands of fireballs, you've got yeah, yeah. all sorts of things that people can use. Yeah, that's it's a big mistake people make. And I think we're talking about that next week, specifically a fantasy specific. This should be really good. Yeah. 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 No, it, it should be good, actually. No, I'm, like, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm holding back some stuff. But yeah, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And I, I yeah. Yeah, no, actually, I, I even kind of wonder if now that you kind of mentioned, like, you know, path, like not Pathfinder, Starfinder and all that, mm -hmm. maybe then it goes more geared towards how you actually heal in the game. That's what I was wondering, too. Yeah. You know, fantasy, you have, uh, you know, you have heal bots. Um, some science fiction, I think you do. Back to tanks. Yeah, right. But you got to get to one of those, whereas D&D, &D, you got a cleric. Or you have a potion. Yeah. Or a potion or things like this. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm in some uh, cyberpunk. You have healing uh, stems or mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you might be onto something. It might be the game. I know that's part of the problem I have with like some of the fantasies. You know, just the, the it's about challenge rating and um, like a, a party of five or six kobolds holding bows and spears on you, even at seasoned in savage worlds is a threat mm. in D and D that same kind of party of cobalt holding the same weapons on a party of fifth level or greater, even third level characters, they're going to laugh the fuck off. And it's just ridiculous. There's no chance to, to role play through that. Cause it's going to be like, Oh, we're just going to mop through them. Yeah. That's you definitely know? true. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. Cause like, I know we're talking about balance encounters, but there's, there, it, <sighs> We know that they're not necessarily bad, but at the same time, they can cause bad habits. And oh, it yeah. just seems like there's a lot of little facets that are connected to it that really make it its own unique kind of topic. Because well, if you and... go ahead, finish your thought. I was just going to say, because if you talk about that, you immediately have to talk about combat. And then you have to talk about, okay, well, how can a combat become unfair or fair? And it really come kind of comes down to, like, again, the options that are available to the players. And if you don't have, if you're not given too many options, or, you know, I'm not going to say the person's uncreative, because a lot of times they don't really know that these options exist. But um, it could, it could be just the fact that they are just perceiving it as I'm on this table the actions I do must have an effect that are already pre-planned on the character. And therefore, if there's an unbalanced combat, there's no chance of automatically winning it. Or not automatically winning it, but not like there's no chance of surviving due to the fact that the board says we're at such a heavy disadvantage. It doesn't matter. Like if you're following. No, I'm tracking. I think that might come down to combat as sport versus combat as war. Yeah. Well, and part of that, I think, is, again, going back to the origins of D&D. &D, uh, and, and this was something that Audra was asking me about. Uh, so we were talking about a little bit about it is combat in D&D &D was integral to the system because that's how you gained levels. Well, yeah. 
not completely. I mean, killing the monster would give you some experience points, but originally in D and D, the treasure that you got gave you experience points as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, more valuable sometimes. Yeah, you, you would go in and mop things up and take their stuff. It's like, why are you just killing things to take their stuff? I'm like, because that's how you advance. That's how you increase <laughs> your level. Is you kill it and you take its stuff, um, <laughs> and thus is born the murder hobo. Yeah, but I mean, you, you think of the old D and D dungeons and the the encounters in those dungeons didn't have to make sense. People right. were there to fight monsters and <laughs> get treasure. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got you've got this huge dragon in a twenty by twenty room and a five foot door. How'd that dragon get in there? Well, oh, it, it had to have polymorphed. Okay, great. Okay, great. That's great for the dragon. Dragons can polymorph. Right. Yeah. But there are equally absurd things that can't polymorph that are in rooms like that. Oh, sure. (laughs) The case of chaos alone is... Yes. I mean, it has a very loose excuse of why there's a fucking Medusa running around in a near the Minotaurs, near the goblins, near the, you know, it's just like, yeah. okay. Well, and it's like the monsters waited in that room. Yeah, for you to come for, for adventurers to open the door. Yeah. It's... Now, they did have wandering monster charts and things like that, yeah. but we yeah. never used them because why? <laughs> right. Well, it's also part of that is, and because a lot of groups don't actually use the the rest rules in most games. You just go through and just you keep killing shit and then until you die or I don't know. I, I've seen very few groups be like, oh, we're going to pull back to the upper level of the dungeon where we cleared it out and then we're going to make camp for a few hours and rest. It's yeah. that very rarely I've ever seen that happen. Usually they, yeah, I, I agree. Usually they're going to say, okay, well, we've cleared this room. Let's rest here. And According to the rules, at least of AD&D, I haven't read 5e, but you had to be in a safe place to rest. And a dungeon that mm-hmm. you were that you haven't cleared out was not considered safe because wandering monsters. Yeah. Um, but we never played like that. It's like, oh, we're gonna yeah. shut the door. We're gonna we're gonna just camp here and rest. right. We wedge it with iron spikes. Yeah, exactly. We pound this fucking metal in this echoey ass dungeon. <laughs> and no monsters are gonna hear that. Right. They'll be fine. They'll be like, oh, I guess fucking Rothgar is just working on his new sword, I guess. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I remember I used, uh, I had like one of those rods, uh, like the movable rods where wherever you hold it and like you clicked a button or something like that and it would always stay in that same place. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so all I would do for like securing built rooms is I would walk up to him like, okay, we don't want anything coming in this room. I just hold it there, push the button, leave the rod. It's like, okay, we could sleep here. No issues. Yeah, man, the iron rod. Yeah, dude. (laughs) And some games are, well, before we do that, there are problems with trying to even begin to balance encounters because I will have a difficult time balancing encounters in most games playing with you guys because what would seem like will be okay, I know Rich's dice rolls are going to suck balls. Yeah. And that's (laughs) that's a real consideration. Of like, fuck, man, like this is not going to go well just because of whatever misfortune, you know. And then on top of that, you know, if you know your players, what may seem like a cool encounter or may a balanced encounter is like, I think you were saying Santa is like, they're not going to do the things that make logical sense in a tactical manner. Yeah. Right. It's just going to be like we're playing the little mercenaries game from Sega or whoever the fuck made it. And it's just I move and then I hit you and then you hit me and then I hit you and then you hit me and then down we go. 
instead of like, oh, I kick over the fucking table, take cover, I use my crossbow and my bow, you know, oh, I'm going to the high ground with my spear, shit like that. It's just, you know, like I said, people are going to be like, I know people are like, oh, it happens on our group. Okay, well, I've seen literally thousands of hours of actual plays. I'm telling you what I've never seen happen. <laughs> so I, I also have a bad habit of making non-combat characters. Well, it's not even that. That doesn't really, that's not even bothersome because like, maybe it's the system, but like Savage Worlds, if you have a character that's non-combat but can still do intimidate or taunt, I mean, that's an invaluable character because then you're going to start those high toughness creatures. You start putting them on their asses because you can get them. Um, oh man, I lost my, the words. Damn it. Distracted uh, and vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. And that's important. You know, instead of just whining on fucking social media about how Savage Worlds is unfair because of, you know, exploding dice and shit. Like, how about you just learn the game, you know? Yeah. And and, I mean, I was in a 50 Fathoms game where the captain had zero combat capability, but he was like skilled in taunt and he had the edges to back it up. And so he was constantly uh, distracting and or shaking or both nice the people we were fighting and so we would mow through hordes of of enemies just because that captain could like inflict so many penalties on the enemy oh yeah awesome. yeah that's why i want to in fourth edition D, my favorite character class was the warlord because i like the i like that paladin cavalier pseudo knight type who can do just that like you give me savage worlds and give me these leadership edges and common bond and shit right i mean i'm going to be able to really affect the battle space and if you get the right group together it's a lot like you were saying it's a lot of fun to have that one person who can think the larger scope of the table of say okay yeah. you're doing this you're doing that i'm giving you the benny i'm pulling that over here's a combat edges i'm going to use next you know they're like almost like playing it like a war game yeah, it's weird. It's 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 weird how I play games like that. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. Th- I don't yeah. think it's weird at all. Yeah. Like, I, I, just, I get it. Yeah, I just don't want to stand there and be like, you know. And people heard the five and fifth edition. It's just like, fuck, man. Sometimes it's just like, Jesus. That's that's why when I used to play five e like regularly, my favorite class I ever did was actually illusion, uh, an illusion wizard. Sure. Yeah. I took no damaging spells whatsoever. And I just controlled the battlefield. I you're loved not, it. You're not playing your tropes. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. great because I remember one time they're like, do like a fireball or something. And I was just like, I don't got a fireball. They're like, what do you got? I was like, major illusion. Right. And see, and uh, uh, a, a, a GM who miscalculates that would look at your character as a non-threat oh, to yeah. the number of enemies and pull back instead of saying no you're getting your just dessert and it's up to you or your party to take care of your fair share oh um, yeah i it was know. great because i remember my my gm was actually pretty good and there was that one spell that it's like a living nightmare thing but mm-hmm. only one creature can see and they have to save a dc save and i was like okay there's like no chance of me doing it but i did it to uh it was a young dragon i forget the color type nice it doesn't really matter i ended up calling for uh like i said he saw a golden dragon that breaks through his lair through the waterfall and he's like okay and so it started fighting that thing instead because even the rules say it's like they have to realize that it's not real and if it makes sense during it it kind of like there's less of a chance of them actually noticing yeah sure 
I, I don't know. And some games really push the encounter balance and all that jazz. It's just weird. Yeah. Give me unbalanced. Well, it's yeah, it's like you said, the being fair is what everyone wants. They want people think they deserve a winnable combat and I'm just, you know, yeah, I'm saying you don't got to be a dick about it. But also, you know, like Rich was saying, sometimes you're sometimes you're just shit out of luck and you're at a new moon and when it's the darkest of night is when a lot of predators come out from human beings on up. Mm-hmm. No, that's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, Savage Worlds, I don't see it in the suede book, but Savage Worlds used to have a really good recommend recommended number of, of creatures appearing. Oh. Uh, and it was genius. Uh, it was in the, it was in deluxe and earlier, but it, I can't find it in suede. It may be in there. I just can't find it. Uh, I think I left my book downstairs, so I can't find it. Yeah, it's all good. I just, but you know, it was basically uh, two extras per wild card plus two or plus three. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. each person could easily take on a couple people. Absolutely. In theory. In theory. <laughs> that, that's what that's what I love about Savage Worlds, though, yeah. is you've got if you have enough extras, odds are some of them are going to ace on yep. their hit roll. And some of them are going to ace on their damage rolls. And if you're playing a more modern game and they got rate of fire weapons, woof. <laughs> well, we found that out with the flying Soviet ape men. I'm oh, sorry, the Soviet man apes on that bike. That was uh, awesome, though. Damn. Yeah, you got to tell me that story because you sent me, like, aren't you, you're like, Santa, you should got to come back to working days so you can play our game. I was like, I know, I want to. And then you just you said something about Soviet apes didn't they have didn't they have jetpacks or something yeah they had jetpacks and they had ak-47s and there was one that had an rpg uh two can you can you please tell me the story i I need i need this story i need this story speaking of balanced encounters so it was there's four of you right rich yeah yeah there's four four wild cards they were on a steamboat uh like a smuggler steamboat heading uh, down the Ohio to connect to the Mississippi to move down to Memphis. And because of who they got their job for originally, they originally got their job for the uh, uh, Soviet, uh, Soviet Iowa or Iowa Soviet. Sorry. I always get this shit backwards and they went missing. And so long story short, as I decided like, Hey, it'd be a cool little encounter just to have these uh, Soviet uh, man apes in these Ophitech jetpacks. Uh, come in so this it's jetpacks that are made of not it's magic but not magic because of the day of after ragnarok um so yeah they were on the boat and then all of a sudden it got dark and you know they were getting ready to open up with a salvo and there was so i knew that there was the four players and so there were eight uh soviet man apes and i didn't do any extra because i knew that odds are rich's dice are going to suck one of the characters is really a non-combatant two of the characters are heavy combatants and the man apes were armed with AK-47, so that's a rate of fire of three, each one. And they could fly at a very good clip. And then the RPG was going to do a lot of damage to someone or some part of that ship. And if they, you know, so that's how I balance that encounter. And the encounter went, well, I don't know, like... It, it went well. I mean, we yeah. ended up surviving the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guys got seriously wounded. I managed to come out, I think, with only a single wound that we, we were able to heal pretty quickly and easily. Yeah. And you were avoiding, um, so like, because the, the ship yeah. caught fire 
And so, yeah. like, Rich's character was having to make vigor rolls every time this, the round started because the, 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 the fucking ship was kept, was smoking and it was starting to choke people out. Yeah. And then, um, who, for someone, they got a hold of the RPG guy first and it was a misfire and it blew the dog piss out of the ass into the ship. And after that, it was like the, the fleet men were doing these strafing runs, gunning down the characters with their AKs. And just, you know, essentially you think of the Wicked Witches, Wicked Witches monkeys with AK-47s. And that was exactly how I wanted to run the encounter. It was a blast. <laughs> was it was it, I'm, I'm glad it was. Fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think all of us had a good time. And uh, even though a couple of us almost died, yep. <laughs> um, we came out and we survived. And now we get to face Treebeard. That's a yeah, old, old man Jenkins. So yeah, that's that's the hyphenated version of the story, plus encounter balance thoughts of going into it. When I knew I wanted to have it happen, and I knew like, okay, I need to. There's a, a fair number that I think they can handle, and that will still be challenging based on the weaponry and the mobility. And I was right; it it pretty much played out how I thought it would play out with some people probably being wounded to a degree or another. And then ultimately, you know, the, the man apes being defeated and sent back. And then the party completely confused as to why there's flying fucking Soviet man apes hunting them suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. They're going to Memphis to the pyramid in Memphis in order to confront, uh, well, they don't know what they're going to confront. But... <laughs> we're in Memphis. Is that going to just be like a casino? You don't need to stop now, Scott. Just keep no, talking. No, no, they're going to Memphis. They, they yeah. met Buck Savage, uh, an emaciated Buck Savage, and uh, Dot Gold, and they uh, found out that uh, they're they're seeking lost knowledge, and that you know they think can help with the serpent fall issues, or at least some of them do. One of them believes it's a gateway to a new god, and uh, <laughs> so they were told, "Hey, Memphis has a pyramid, and if you're looking for ancient Egyptian lore, what better place than a pyramid?" <laughs> Now, the, the thing that I think is fun about that and, and that kind of helps balance it, even though there's only, like you said, two combat, two combat focused people, mm -hmm. like my guy has some combat capability, yeah. but he's mediocre, right? I mean, he's, he's average and I did get a couple of good hits in, yep. but the great thing is the doctor who is not a combat guy, he has the common bondage. So he's like... Yep throwing bennies out people left and right to help us with soak rolls. Yep. And yeah. so there are ways that, I mean, and there were some <laughs> rounds where a couple of us would have died if we did not soak, if we did not roll well on our soak. Absolutely. Because, Robert saved your guys' like, asses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so it's, I mean, when you think about it, that, that's what I like about Savage Wolves is yeah. it, it is really swingy and the, the, I'm going to use balance in air quotes. Balancing the encounter is a, is an art. It's not a science. And you can never count on that encounter being truly balanced. Nope. Um, the way in D&D you typically can. Um, and, and there's actually a, a formula that I saw that I saw somewhere for D&D that says, if your monster has this number of hit dice, then you need to have this number of hit points amongst the entire party because the idea is those hit points are going to get whittled down across the group um and as long as they have more than your monster then you're gonna the, the party will survive there won't be a tpk generally speaking but uh the, the other thing to remember for old D, &D combat though is 
a lot of the combat was a resource drain. Mm-hmm. It was there to drain resources so that the big boss fight at the end would be more challenging for the players because they're likely going to outnumber that big bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to get down those hit points, get down the potions, potions. the spells. Yeah, everything to where you how you're making some difficult decisions instead of rushing headlong in there. Yeah, like the resource eaters. And yeah, and I think there, I think there is multiple ways to balance a game besides just like combat strength. Like you said, resources. If you have a bunch of smaller ones that just dwindle away, resources, so that when you do get the big baddie. When if you maybe fought it right at the beginning when you had all that shit, it might have been super easy. But now all of a sudden, or you know, easier. But now all of a sudden, this somewhat difficult combat situation goes from something that might have been manageable to something with actual stakes at hand. And I think that's one of my more favorite ways to look at a balanced combat is what is the stakes and is there some sort of god damn i lost my train of thought i've been in the sun all day i've been in the sun all day right now my brain is mildly fried um funny story uh because i forgot what i was talking about but like we went floating down a river today uh and then afterwards they're like oh yeah we we came out of the river or just near the end of the river and like it's about a 50 minute walk if you don't have two cars to get to the beginning of the river again and my buddy, he's like, oh, shit. We're like, what? He's like, my keys are in your car. Oh, no. I was like, oh, no. Shit. So, fortunately, um, we have several athletes who are in our group. And they're like, oh, we're just going to jog down there. Like, it's a 50-minute walk, but we'll probably be able to get down there at 20. So, they start jogging ahead. They're like, okay, we waited here. Then, eventually, I asked someone, hey, can you give me a ride down? And the funniest fucking thing on the planet is when you're when you get there. And I was kind of half expecting them to have already grabbed the car and driven back, but they weren't. So all I did was I went, opened up the car, grabbed out a couple stuff, got in the car, and I just kind of waited until I could see them on the horizon. And then I was like, oh, I see them. Got in the car, started driving. I was just like, hey, you guys want to ride back? Oh, oh God. Piss them off. I No, I think they got a good laugh out of that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> They they actually ran far. Holy shit. Like they were and before they're like, Oh, you're an asshole, how long did you wait? I was like, I was waiting like two minutes. You <laughs> I couldn't have done that run. Kudos. Damn. But I figured I'd let you finish. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's for encounters. To... Also morale. We mentioned it once. You 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 don't have to let the enemy stand and fight. The moment yeah. that there's a more than a couple of folks that get killed, I will tell you from personal experience, there very few fucking human <clears throat> beings want to stand and murder other people when they begin losing numbers and friends. Yeah. And that is a, that is a, a, a big reality. It's just, it it kind of is what it is. Sometimes yeah. you, you got to with, we get withdraw. Let's not say retreat. Right. Sometimes you withdraw. Um, and then I guess the biggest point of advice about a counterbalance is, don't fucking worry about it. <laughs> Just don't. Well, that's actually a good point because if, like, let's say, because I was reading DCC, um, bundle of holding by the yeah. by the way, and the one thing is, it's like every like it it, it actually talks about morale of the enemies, mm-hmm. and it's like the moment that the first one drops, you roll a morale check because you might scare them away instantly. 
Yeah. After that, halfway down, then, you know, check. Because if all of a sudden, morale check, a bunch of them died, they failed the morale and they got, you know, some hint, some not bonuses, but uh, boons, just gains, gains, some bains to it just because um, they've lost so many of their numbers. It makes sense for them to run. And in that case, you can create something that could be a very difficult combat, but having in a way so they like so that the enemies may end up running if you start slaughtering a lot of them all at one, like, you know, one after another after another. It doesn't matter if they still have more numbers. If you've already killed half the group, they're going to be terrified of these five people who just killed 20 of their little friends. Yeah. Yeah. And also just because all the party members drop to incapacitated or zero hit points or whatever doesn't mean they're dead kidnapping yeah, absolutely just don't be a fucking weirdo about it and make them all naked in the cells and shit like you, <laughs> you don't have to go full fucking weirdo when you do yeah. some of these things yeah it's okay to be like you're in prison and they just took your weapons and your armor but your clothes are still there let's make this abundantly clear they're not cr- they're not perverts <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah they took you to epstein island and you're being held there oh. <laughs> Like let's not let's not go down that fucking route. Can we say that? Yeah. <laughs> but not to do that, I think that would be high, the high end of advice. <laughs> oh, man. Just crazy. and yeah, but, and I would say the last way to set up a because like we do have like that number system, which I think is probably the least entertaining and the least thematic and it's more just fight first fight yeah the reason the resource dwindling one the ones with the morale breaks and then i think the last one that i think is my favorite is the information one where it's like if the more information you have to go in there the better your odds so if you just run and gun in you you might you might get lucky and survive but there's a high chance that you're going to fail but if you do the research. Like, I'm just going to use this as a theory. It's not my Ripper's game. Cough, cough, cough. But if any of my uh, players are listening, cough, cough, cough. Um, the more information you have going into a situation, like, let's say, knowing who the big baddie is or the werewolf or the wolfman or, uh, I don't know, the velociraptor person. Um, if, you, if you at least have an idea of who it may be, and what may be going around in that town, you might be able to fight it. Hell, even if you maybe scouted out locations to know if uh, something may be a good <laughs> place to maybe ambush. You know, <laughs> these are things that can help you in a situation not die a horrible death while your guts are consumed while you're still alive. Oh, my God. Just, now, now, I will say a caveat <laughs> to this is, is to the GMs, don't be dicks. And use that against the players. Yeah. Like I, I, I have played with GMs where the players get a whole bunch of stuff. And so the GM changes things. Yeah. That's so weird. The quantum ogre kind of thing. Oh, no, no. no yeah. Yeah. If they, if you got to reward, reward them for that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like my last game, no, com- no combat whatsoever. And they, it was literally just talking from people to people. And now they're starting to put things together, say, well, what about this? What about that? And I love the fact that I'm looking and I see some people with like a full two pages worth of notes, trying to figure out all these little connections that are throwing in and just like a slip of the line. 
oh, it's it, it's gorgeous. And I'll, I'll I, I'm gonna reward the fuck out of them if they survive. No, yeah, man, that's part of the fun of building the encounters and building the clues and shit. Oh yeah, you know, hell, Task Force Raven. It, there's a whole section for every goddamn cryptid uh, on you know trying to learn the occult nature of the thing. Yeah. Oh, and that, that yeah, that's awesome. Right. Because if you that. don't do it, you might be fucked. That that's my <laughs> one complaint about like the Ripper GM handbook. It's like it gives you these monsters, but it doesn't really elaborate on them that much. Yeah, because like, yeah, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna do, like you said, do research. I mean, you should always research your enemy as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. just, just, just up to you, man. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think. Well, that- and one, one last thing that I will mention though. There we go. Is for all the people that are pro balance encounters because of D and D, whatever. That that's cool. But remember, Gary Gygax. <laughs> didn't really do a lot of balanced encounters. Not at all. I mean, you look at Tomb of Horrors, and that entire thing was designed to kill his player character. Yeah. I mean, three entrances and only one is the real way in, and the other two are death traps. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that uh, I, I was thinking about today as well is that old school D&D, there's been a shift, and even within Savage Worlds, there's this shift, but old school D&D was designed not to test the character mm. but to test the player all yep. of the puzzles and traps were not resolved by a die roll they were resolved by the players actually having to figure everything out yeah um which i, I i'm kind of torn between because sometimes i like that mm-hmm. but a lot of times I, I i don't care about it and so i think a lot of it is communicate with the group to see what they want um like when i was talking with audra she she's like not interested in balanced encounters as a new player yeah she's like where's the where's the fun in knowing that i can go in and and win every fight all right well when we have the conversation with with the 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 5e game she's going to stand out for everyone listening i guarantee you because the shit you said that she has said is just like what that's amazing yeah yeah i i I, well everything that you said i i literally said to her like (laughs) You are so not the norm. Not yeah, I, I, I actually remember that was in uh in the mm. Discord and you're saying like all the things that she was saying and Scott, you're like, I'm amazed at that. Like that she's yeah. always like, that's what I said to her too. And then you're like, oh my god, and then you said something else. He's like, I said that too. <laughs> like it like that that actually did happen. Yeah, it's crazy. I need to clone her so I can have <laughs> just a table tabletop of players that are like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's holy awesome. Holy shit. The shit she uh, said is ludicrous to people who have been playing the games forever. <laughs> Not to people like me who have a different personality and attitude about it, but, but to most gamers. Like... I, I wonder though if it, it's I wonder if it's a generational thing. Because I mean oh, we grew up when video games were not uh when they sucked. <laughs> Well, well, the <laughs> graphics totally did, but they were unforgiving too. I mean, yeah, if you died, there, there was no save point. No, it's like you die and you're starting all the way over. Yeah, you had to you had to know your stuff to get through those video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you, you, even like my age group, which it was just the regular Nintendo. It, it's like which I think you guys probably were the same deal too. I was just a little kid trying to play Castlevania, which mm. is a very hard game at six years old, by the way, on the regular Nintendo. Ooh. But I still tried the hell out of that thing. 
and I could beat the first boss no problem. Yeah. After that, I got shit going sideways. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just brutal. I don't know. Yeah, it could be a generational thing. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't too. Oh. Now crazy. I will say the interesting thing for me is with my with my kids, mm-hmm. like Oren when when we were talking about uh, the Coriolis game, Oren wants to make things harder for the group. He's like, <laughs> I want to I want to play a robot who thinks he's the mechanic but has no mechanical ability. And so like whenever there's a, a, a malfunction on the ship, he runs to try and fix that, knowing that he's going to make it worse. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude, you just ask him for problems, which makes me laugh. But the sad thing is he always succeeds his roles. Oh, yeah. He's he, he does. Yeah, that that dude rolls like... Uh, he's the, he's it, the anti-finder. Right? Yeah. He, he is. crazy. Um. <laughs> uh, we do have a little bit of bad news. If any of you guys <laughs> listened and really enjoyed our first episode of 5e. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Okay. So I went to edit and I started listening. And like we're, we're recording on OBS instead of our normal stuff because uh, we're doing a roll 20 and we're planning to do a video, et cetera, et cetera. And although we could hear Scott perfectly fine in person, when I was recording it, uh, when, we were edit- when I went to edit it, yeah. he was absent. It just sounded like we were answering to cues that did not exist. So, um, which yeah. could have been amazing though, because then you hear Santa like just put random crap in that we respond to. You could have completely changed that adventure. That's how it sounds. Oh. Oh. So, unfortunately, um, we, that's two hours, uh, which uh, it's two episodes, aka like six hours worth of content mm-hmm. thrown out. Um, I'm so sorry. I don't. Eh, know shit happens. Um, I. I I think I know what happened, but yeah. You, yeah, you had the the uh, the OBS settings on your mic turned down, right? Yep. I, when yeah. it goes back to default, uh, I think it updated, and or I just I didn't have I don't know. I know it, it wasn't. Well, it could, I, I'm going to blame Roll Twenty though. And the reason <laughs> I blame Roll Twenty is when Santa came in, we could hear Santa, but he couldn't hear us. Yeah. Well, uh, the, right, I mean, so. the well, the video has all of you talking and responding to each other and to me. So it was, but, yeah. but OB, OBS may not have been able to hear you. Because re- remember, because that happened actually with uh, who did it also happen with? With our Saturday group. No, with with Roll Twenty. Well, yeah, predating you. <laughs> Sorry, oh, okay. Here's, we yeah. haven't used Roll Twenty for video or for voice in a long time on the, with the Saturday group, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, there there have been th- there there are reasons we stopped using Roll Twenty for video be- or for voice because it's uh, just. Too, yeah. Too well, I did so, find out how to yeah. use OBS and Discord to record audio. So, hmm, nice. There's, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> now and, that the game is, maybe, it has to now, come to an end. Yeah, it has to come <laughs> to an end. Uh, we <laughs> do plan to do a recap on how we actually feel about the five E system. I am looking uh, forward to this. It's going. It's actually going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be spicy as fuck. It. Yeah, I mean, technically, we could keep playing if that was if that's everyone's verdict, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my wizard hat on and <laughs> not to give anything away about my feelings toward it, but I'm good. You know, uh, I got just a lot of stuff going on right now, and yeah, uh, I don't I, think uh, you could play another I, game. I lost my digital content. I don't know what happened to it. Someone borrowed it. <laughs> it seemed to have been erased and deleted from the internet. We'll just have to make Savage World fantasy characters. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we actually talked about doing Yeah, that. I can't get started on this because I could do this for the next five fucking hours. I can't wait for next week. <laughs> I have questions. I have comments. And I'm hoping everyone else has questions and comments. And then yeah. I have revelations that I've come to about revelations. A, a lot of things. Yeah. So this will be a very, it'll be a very interesting conversation. I look so excited. Yeah. I, I, I was playing the game and I was wondering how, why my roles were not doing what I thought they would like for numbers. Yeah. And that's when I realized that you don't use decks to attack everything. Yeah. 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 Unless so you have a finesse game. weapon. That's a yeah. different thing. That's a different thing. You know, in order it's, to hit it's, right. In order to hit a nail with a hammer, you just gotta brute force it. No that's, finesse whatsoever. Just that's fucking it. raise that's that it. hammer up and it's slam it down as hard as you can into the then, wood. And then you I'm wait for the ahead. nail to to hit you and then you hit the nail back. Yeah. And then you wait for the nail to hit you and then you hit the nail back. <laughs> and, then, and then and then when you do something really cool and you play up to one of your strengths or weaknesses, especially your weaknesses, and you say something crazy, it's just like, ah, that was cool. I wish there was oh a mechanism God. to fucking reward this role play, but there's not. So we'll just move on to the next encounter room, I guess. But anyways, that will that's not that's not next week. I think we're doing that one. The, we are, they'll yeah. be out the week after which is going to be a lot of fun um if you guys are curious about how we come up with any of our topics conversations or anything like that hop into the discord because um we've had some very odd conversations and a lot of fun conversations um it's a good group yeah and yeah we we bitch at each other just much on there yeah yeah, it's amazing. We had a whole, we had a fucking five hour argument about character sheets. That was amazing. It was so much fun. Oh god, wasn't there was one the other day? I I couldn't help but just like it was such a fun conversation. I, what was it about? Oh, oh yeah, we we're talking about how the only good D and D movie ever to come out. Oh, yeah. have to be Lego. Yeah, and then I hooked you up. Yeah, you actually did. <laughs> that shit already exists. They made it twice. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really good, actually. I'll have to actually watch it. I was in the car, so I couldn't quite watch it. Yeah, it's officially like it's not D and D. It's Lord of the Rings Lego. It's but... the cutscenes from uh, from the yeah. games, and it's really good because it's fucking fantasy. It's just... I've I've even played like the Lego video game for Jurassic Park, and I had a lot of fun. Hundred percent. My son and I used to play Lego video games together. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Lego does a great job with all the stuff. I mean, Lego Star yes. Wars is awesome. Yes. Yep. I finished all the goddamn episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very yeah. addicting but yeah lord of the rings and the hobbit oh speaking of which i gotta fire up steam because i saw they're both on uh steam what the lego the stuff? lego games oh and yeah I they're all on steam did not know that because you yeah. can't find lego lord of the rings or hobbit one of the two has been removed from distribution for some weird yeah. shit now anyway. that we've gone very off topic yeah sorry i've always been curious about the, also the conan exiles game oh i have that it's uh yeah yeah, if you build stuff, <laughs> just that it's that great. Eh? I just it's I played a bunch of hours. It was just not for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, will, I, I'm willing to say that. I also don't play survival games really much. I tend to get bored and drift off and do other things. Yeah, it's one of those. It's like, oh, I did all this work, and then you know some dumb shit happened. So yeah. it's all good though. If you're into that, you're into it. <laughs> Anyways, folks, I think that's all the time we have for today. We have definitely gone totally off topic. Uh, So I think that is the perfect time to wrap it up. 
Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, you can either uh, join our Discord and, Discord and chat with us. You can send me an email at rpsmartpeople at gmail.com. And if you hated this episode, you can definitely message me on Twitter at, at rpsmartpeople. Yes. Um, yes. Um, so send us your hate. Send us your love. Whatever comes. Oh, and also like, like it. We had a bunch of likes and it really helped. I didn't think they actually helped that much, but they actually do really help. So please like the episode. I was surprised. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which I like the episode. You motherfucker. You cheating. I I just don't click buttons. (laughs) You like it in your heart. That's better. He he doesn't even click the play button. (laughs) I do. I do listen to him. I'm playing something. I'm like everybody's favorite drive through RPG guy because I got a ton of stuff and I just never leave reviews. So. Oh, you're one of those people. Thanks for fucking helping the cause out. <laughs> yeah, geez. I, I have a be- I have best selling RPGs with like two reviews and a bunch of stars, and I'm like, could someone just write fucking buy this? <laughs> Would be really great to just see a fucking review. <laughs> it's like I'm glad they have five stars. That's amazing. That I'm glad everyone's enjoying it. I'm now glad feel- it's doing well in sales. But Jesus, now, Christ. I feel bad for not reviewing. Uh, it's okay, and I can't review shit for people, so it's just as bad, you know. When you're, because if you're a publisher, you're not allowed to leave reviews, which is the weirdest shit ever. But whatever. Well, for the for the time being, if you have a review you want to do, write it up, send it to me, and I'll. Oh, there we go. We'll cheat the system. I'll review my own shit. (laughs) Where where is that neon black? Oh, there it is. Okay. This game is a pile of shit, written in a fascist tone. Okay. He included terrorists as a playable character class. I I hate you so much. (laughs) There. I I sent one. It says best game ever. No, but you had to put a bunch of stars. Hold on. I got to go look. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to fucking report this review. My channel is under attack. I'm being review bombed. Don't act like you're not gonna auto complete Neon Blood. It's the only best selling fucking game with the name Neon in it. I don't know who the fuck drive through RPG thinks they're kidding. <laughs> Anyways, folks. Um, there we go. Oh, do you have it now? Hold on. You're a jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write a real review. I swear. No, I don't want you to write a review. But it's, it's, it's like it's like the podcast is like, how does it have five stars and a bunch of ratings? It's like one fucking review of a dude. Who's <laughs> this game is fucking amazing. You should play it. He actually got a rating of four point five. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Nope. I don't make shit. Not yeah, usually. You... Some some stuff is not well reasoned. You actually just... have zero. Um, don't what? review bomb. We do not condone that. But he actually has no no ones. Higher than yeah, that. don't be bitches. Yeah, of course yeah. I don't have ones. It's, the games are fun. Some of the stuff that people don't like, but I get that. It's not for everyone. I don't. <laughs> I don't really give a shit. And some stuff I can feel like I was like, oh, I didn't put a lot of effort into this. I can feel it. No, I'm gonna have to actually do a real. Oh, I did. I do that in discussion. I totally you did. did that in you did. That's what's even funnier about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> No, it's just like some smarmy <laughs> shit. This is like best game ever. ever. You know what that needs is just the the misuse of like your. 
Oh no, I didn't even write. I didn't even even write it properly. It's, oh, I know that. That's what makes. I'm looking at that going. Okay, all caps. Total misspellings. Ever. The only word that's spelled correctly is best. <laughs> that's the only one that matters. <laughs> I'll, oh, shit. I'll say OSNR has a guy who used it for a solo play. Interesting. What, your game for a solo? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. We were talking about this too. Uh, and I said how what? Neon Blood would actually make with the OSR system, which is. Again, one of those ones where I think for solo plays is probably one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah you could make a really killer cyberpunk kind of a la uh, our good friend Tales, Tales of the Manticore. Tales of the Manticore. Tales. Tales? Tales of the Manticore, you're right, yeah. Yeah, if you made something like that with cyberpunk, it'd probably be pretty good. I ought to do it instead of yeah. wasting the time I was going to do, uh, you know. On this podcast. I'm <laughs> kidding. Yeah, no, I don't really care. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna do DCC, and then I'm like, "That's a lot of work." Oh yeah, no doubt. But anyways, folks, uh, anyway, this yeah. is ten minutes after the outro. Um, see you guys later. Have a good week, uh, and yeah, next week will be fun. We'll probably uh, piss people off. Bye bye. Oh, can't wait. <laughs>